You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast. Okay, we got four games to uh, discuss here. The four game stretch. We, uh, we lost. We got our absolutely shit stomped by Vancouver to break the 10 game winning streak. A franchise record would not be set. And then again last night, another franchise record would not be set for consecutive home wins. So you have, I mean, the Vancouver game obviously is a different game than last night against Montreal. And then sandwiched in between them, you have the two Minnesota dominations. So we got a lot of kind of hockey to cover here. We got the whole gamut. But let's start with the Vancouver game because um, I don't know. Like it was weird. I, it didn't even bother me much to be oh. honest. I, I it, getting you thinking shit stomp like that. I mean, it was it was pissing me off watching it and pretty embarrassing to be honest. But but I got over it pretty damn quick. I mean, you you have a game like that after a ten game winning streak, and then I'm not concerned how they're going to respond so much. And then they do respond the way they do and kick Minnesota's ass at home the next game and then beat Minnesota again. So, but the Vancouver game, like when you're looking at this, this is literally, I think, the, the one of these times where you literally just burn the tape, right? Do you put Dude, much stock into this? That game was so dumb. The Flames had like third, like the only lesson you take is don't take as many penalties. But I mean, even the penalties were fucking ridiculous in this game. Yeah. And like the weirdest shit happened, like Markstrom's like, it was just like a comedy of shit. Markstrom's skate blade goes off and uh, Vladar has to come in and face a penalty. Just nonsense. Take the lesson. Well, they didn't really learn this lesson because they were in penalty trouble again last night, but literally that loss doesn't bother me at all. And I kind of, I agree with what Daryl said. He's like, what's the fucking difference if you lose seven, one, or if you lose three, one, you lose games, you win games. Yeah, so score. This one's scoreless after the first. It was a pretty tight game. And they were good in the first, and I thought they were pretty good in the second too. Yeah, they were pretty good. The the Canucks outscore the Flames five nothing in the second period. There is the game. But like you said, it was was it two nothing or three nothing when Markstrom he uh, his skate rate breaks, and then there's two goals allowed on like three shots for Vladar. One of which is a penalty shot. One's a penalty shot when his pad isn't even done up properly. <laughs> It's like this guy's had no action for how long? I mean, he's playing in the practices, but then he's. It's funny because uh, what was it? Somebody's asking Daryl afterwards. You know how much is it? Is is Vladar not ready to go? Blah blah blah. He should be ready to go. 
He's a backup. He'll always be ready to go. That's his job. It's his job. Back up the fucking goalie. Gotta be ready in any fucking moment. Fucking love it. Love it. But whatever. The main thing is you break the shutout, right? Is that the main thing in that game? Like, yeah, and I mean that's the other thing too. Is like this was one of the games the Flames actually did get goalied pretty hard. It wasn't like some third stringer or shit that like steals the show. It was like Demko was amazing in the first period, like really good. He made so many good saves. And I mean, when you got Rasmus Anderson shooting on you, I mean, what the, you know, the shooting talent's not so great, but uh, he was, he was awesome. So. Is Demko better than Markstrom? I haven't watched a lot of Vancouver Canucks games. Given the fact they suck, I would say no. I would say he'll probably, I'd say they're pretty evenly matched. Maybe Demko is more valuable to his team than Markstrom is. Yeah. He's a potentially show, but is Markstrom better? Like, I don't know. Like whenever we play them. Yeah. This year he's definitely better. I mean, as a player, it's hard to say. Whenever we play them, I'm like, fuck, is he good? He plays lights out whenever we play him. I think he just plays lights out all the time. He's a good, he's a good tendy. He made that sweet glove save on Rasmus, which was just, oh man, that's a sweet save. Yeah, that was good. So, I mean, and it, give Vancouver credit. They played great. They had a great game. When I watched that game, I'm like, how do these – like, Vancouver has a good team. Like, they could score a lot of goals. Um, they got excellent – they got they got world-class goaltending, in my opinion. Yeah. Their, their defense is not as bad as Edmonton's. No, um, no. <laughs> and, and, like, they got so much depth in scoring. You got Besser, Pedersen, Miller, uh, Horvat. The new guy, what's his name again that we wanted? JT, JT Miller, is that what you said? No, uh, the guy from came over from Arizona. Oh, Connor Garland. They got Garland. They got those young guys, uh, Hoglander and that other new guy. Paul Cozen. Paul Cozen now. It's like, dude, these guys can score goals. Their power play is fucking awesome. Got Hughes back there, like. I would not even be surprised if they squeak in for the last playoff spot. Well, dude, they are what in the bubble? They went to the second round. Like they didn't they beat St. Louis that year in the playoffs, or was yep. it Vegas or something? They beat somebody really good, and they had a nice little run in the playoffs. I mean, people are writing them off, but like you said they got a pretty good team. Like you, you look at who's ahead of them right now. Like it's fucking nuts that Vegas isn't even in a even is. Oh my god, Vegas isn't even in a playoff spot right now. They're they're not because I remember when I watched the the highlights last night, they were in the last spot. So what is it today? They're just oh maybe they have the last wild card spot. No, they're they're okay. They have the second wild card right now. Yeah, second. So last playoff spot, which is nuts. But they got injury trouble. Stones out again. Patrese Patrese's out again. Eichel's not firing all cylinders yet, and Leonard's out, isn't he? So. I don't know, man, if they should have gotten rid of Flurry and went with Leonard because that might have, but I don't mind. But Vegas still scares me. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. They're still terrifying. But I mean, if you're Vancouver, you're four points out of the wild card spot, but you're also only four points back of Edmonton, even though the Oilers do have a game in hand, and you're five points back of LA. I guess that is a lot of ground to make up, but not, not insurmountable. No, four points with what is it? All the Oilers need is like one, like you saw some nice goaltending from Koskinen last night. All they need is like one week of uh, classic Koskinen-Smith action and 
you could catch them. There's 26 games left, dude. 26 games to climb four points in the standings. Totally fucking doable. Yeah. Yeah. What's your take on Edmonton? Because um, they, they stunk there for a bit. They're starting to turn things around. Do you like Vancouver or Edmonton? Well, I think Ed, Edmonton, like I said, all they need really, that's the problem is they're so fragile because all they need is Smith and or Koskinen to be Smith and or Koskinen. And they're going to have a hard time winning. I mean, they've been playing some pretty good hockey and, um, I think they're still a pretty good team, but like, oh, dude, like their goaltending is just so bad. Like, what are you supposed to do? Did you see the one that Koskinen allowed last night? Yeah, Chicago? it gives it right to Kubalik and he blasts it. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Like pull, pull the Mike Smith. There, <laughs> he had a whole Mike Smith game last night. When your goalie's on any any given night, like again, we saw this in 2018, 2019. Yeah. When it was like Smith was a liability, even though we're the best team in the league, one of the best teams in the league, it was like you had to score five goals a game. Yeah. On any given night, it was like, hey, Smith might fuck this up for us. Yeah. And they've got that to a like uh, that take that and square it. It's exponential there. So they'll go as far as Smith and Koskin and either drag them down or take them because those those guys suck. You gotta think that Kenny Holland's gonna take a hard run at Flurry. Apparently, he's not going after any goaltender is what he's saying. Really? What's he going to do? Go after TJ Miller, eh? Believes in the group. Really? Okay. But, yeah, I don't know. If if I had to put money on it just because I hate the Oilers, like, I'll take Vancouver. I mean, the next two games are going to be very interesting. You got Colorado. You go from playing the worst team in the league in Montreal – well, they're down there with Arizona to the best team in the league in back-to-back games. That's interesting. But Montreal actually looked good last night. Well, obviously we were sloppy. We were off. And that third line outside of the Foley was fucking garbage. Barf. Um, the fourth line was generating a lot, but <laughs> zero, with zero skill. Dude, no, it takes skill to do what Brett Rich or Brett Richie put that puck on a wide open net. Like you are what three, four, five inches from the goal line, and you you can raise it into like row into into like row fifteen, a section two twenty. That takes some skill, dude. You know what? You know what else takes skill? I get it. He was injured for a bit, so he hasn't played a full season. But having zero fucking points, two thirds away through the season when you played a bunch of top six minutes. He's got to be the only player in the league who's played like how many games has he played this year? He's at least played 15 or 20, right? Feels oh, like yeah, he's played every single game. He's he has to be the only player in the league with that many amount of games played and zero points on the best team in the league, mind you. He's played 27 games and has zero points. <laughs> you would think just and I don't want to shit all over him because I I in the Minnesota game. In, in the one at the Saddledome, he was f- he was good. His, and they were good his, last night. His first game back, that line was awesome, and they were good last night. Weren't they? Yeah, like they the, were, that line was the was they the were top fucking group. great last night. They, they just the, can't they the, do anything. They had the highest game score, but there's no skill to finish. Yeah, there's nothing. like they had what six high danger chances. High danger, basically, if if Johnny had, or Lindholm or Chucky had any of those chances, that line would have scored three goals. 
Well, the play that's the most hilarious is the one where Lewis gets that kind of like wide open look, but his backhand is like, what the fuck was that? Um, And then of course, Brett gets the, gets the rebound and like puts it into row 15. And then they zoom on his fucking stupid face and (laughs) he sticks his tongue out with a little tiny piece of trident in it. Like, come on, get rid of the white trident, bro. What flavor is he chewing? Why doesn't he at least chew red? Something red. Licorice gum? How about some cinnamon there? Ugh, cinnamon. That's gross. He probably chews like spearmint, which is just as gross. How much do you hate his face currently? Listen, I'll give him credit because he I, I, he was good in that Minnesota game and he was banging some bodies around and I almost was like, you know what? Maybe he'll be valuable come playoff time. But um, it's not an all-time hate, but it's still like when you see him miss that open net last night, it's it's a it's a pretty it's a close to 10 out of 10 hate for his face right now. Did you see him absolutely destroy? I don't even know who it was. I think it was never, Erickson X. Then, I went back and watched it. I said the 10 minute, it's just before the 10 minute mark on that first game in Minnesota. Somebody's trying to break out and he destroys them. I think the play went on for two minutes after that. So we never saw a replay, but. Are they, uh, you, you, they haven't really been showing a lot of replays on, on big hits. Have you noticed? Dude, the replays know. suck in general. There was a play um, in the Vancouver game. I want to. It was. I think it was a Kachuk penalty where the stick didn't touch anybody, and they didn't show the fucking replay. Replays have been brutal. Yeah, but that Richie. I agree, man. Like the Richie line's been good, but last night it gets to a point of like, dude, if you guys can't finish on that many high quality danger, high dangerous chances then what's the point? I guess in a seven-game series, they'll probably wear down the defensemen. And you got to think at some point it's going to go in. If they if they keep playing like that, generating those chances, at some point, maybe Richie should just close his eyes and not try to aim at the open net. Just fucking close your eyes, eh? Or something like that. Like, But maybe... I don't know if you're Daryl Sutter, because then there's another part of me. It's just like, where the fuck's Dubé? Dubé would have scored three goals last night if he was on that line. Yeah, if that's Rosica, that's in. If it's Dubé, it's in. And I and I get it. If you compare Dubé and Rosicka to Richardson and Richie, the Richardson and Richie line's been way better in the last three games, but they can't fucking score. So. How much better are they? And they do scare me in their own end. Yeah. Did you see Lewis was on the power play last night on the second unit? Yeah, I did. I see had that. to do like a quadruple take. Holy cow. Like 20 seconds. So Brett Ritchie had a high danger chance last night and two and uh two shot attempts. Trevor Lewis had three high danger chances last night. And then Richardson, was he the guy where Richardson had three hey. scoring chances? Hammond made a nice little toe, toe kick save. Eh? Well, we were talking about this. It is that bottom six. And I mean, we'll probably talk about Monahan and Lucic in a minute, but that bottom six is missing. Like, I think the example we were talking about was like a Nielsen or a Billy Neiman in from back in the day. It's yeah. like those guys who could play and do what Daryl Sutter wants. Like that line of Richie and Lewis to do, which is bang bodies, crush guys, be an absolute pain in the ass to deal with, but they also scored a lot of big goals. Like Marcus Nielsen was fucking clutch 
Yeah. He was a flame. Yeah. This is where you need like that, you know, a Nyquist edition, like we saw a few seasons back. Some you need a legit third line addition, like someone that can score goals. And this is why we were saying since day one, when you re-sign Richie and Richardson and Lewis, it's like you don't need five of those guys, just get one or two, and then go bring in some guy that can actually score goals on the third line. So I don't even know. I mean, just looking at the last few games, sure, we're scoring in bunches, but what does Monaghan do on this team currently? I, I don't know. Lucic on that third line the last yeah. few games is like, please put him back on the fourth line because he's not doing dick all there. Um, I don't know. If you're looking at the last couple of games, you're like, Brad, you're living has more work to do. No, absolutely. To address that third line, because like, I mean, the power play sure looks. I they they couldn't convert last night, but there was a lot of plays and against Minnesota. Like, fuck, is that power play better with Toffoli? Oh my god, on? it's night and <laughs> fucking day. And finally, because for ninety percent of the season until Toffoli comes on the team, you're like, I don't even know what they're trying to do. They don't do anything, but now they have two one-time options set up finally. And if you're looking at some of their power play goals they've scored in the last few games, they're finally going cross crease. They're finally going cross ice. They're finally taking one-time shots. Finally. And it's looking dangerous. But now you have Johnny setting up on the half boards, and he's got Lindholm trying to get open in the slot for a one-timer. And behind him is to fully cross ice. So he's got two guys, the two, the two best snipers we got. Um but when Toffoli gets the puck, man, like he is dangerous. He's dangerous. TV. He's an underrated playmaker. I didn't realize how much how how smart he was with the puck. But I think the thing that really is uh, uh, noticeable from him is that he's such a uh, shot threat. Because I mean, he he brings a different element than Monahan did, or yeah, did on the power play where Monahan's scoring a lot of those in close goals. Toffoli can fucking rifle it he's a threat to shoot from the, from the flank or wherever he is. Like he doesn't have to be in close to snipe. Yep. Um, so I think that really helps, but I mean, again, like you, you've seen the Toffoli thing pay off on, on the power play five on five. I know we were maybe like, okay, can he get Monahan going? What's going on there? Uh, doesn't seem to be working because it's like Toffoli and two big time anchors. So at the very least, like Lucic needs to move away from Monahan and like you put Dubé there or something, but. Dude, I like what it like what is like I can't believe how I I want Monahan to be good and he's not. And I know people are like, oh yeah, he's picked it up defensively. It's like, has he though? I don't know. He has not been very good. He was really bad last night. He was on the ice for like 10 scoring chances against. He's not good enough right now. He's been bad, man. Yeah, Let's... Ken, you send this to me. Ken Wilson was tweeting out, like, to put it in context, some of his, like, scoring stats per 60 minutes is, like, unbelievable. Over the last two years, it's like he has, like, a similar uh, even strength point total per 60 minutes as, like, what, Nordstrom? Did I read that correctly? Yeah, he's between Shillington and Nordstrom. Holy fuck, he's as bad as Joachim Nordstrom. What world is this? This is sad. So he was frustrating me last night. So was Lucic. Well, like, oh, yeah, Lucic even, just tailed off big time. Well, since he's been bumped up to the third line, he's been t- totally tailed off. And we've been saying this for three seasons now. He belongs on the fourth line. There's a role for him. He can be effective. As soon as he gets bumped up, 
We saw it earlier too when he was on that little heater. Yeah. And as soon as he got bumped up, then he just kind of starts to fade away. It's just like, no, his role is pretty clear cut. You got to keep him on the fourth line. Um, at this point, would you not rather see a third line of Rusejka and Dubé with the yeah, Foley? 100%, which I very much doubt we'll see because old Sean, but uh, that would be way more effective and a way more dangerous offensive unit. Or how do you get Sean Monaghan going? Like I don't know possible? what you do, dude. I literally don't know. I think maybe at this point you got to try a, a cattle. What are those things called? Were you <laughs> a cattle branding? prod? <laughs> A cattle branding fucking just Sean, like Daryl, he's probably branded how many cattle in his life. Just have a fucking, you know, cattle prod just sitting there on the bench. And as soon as Monahan comes out with it, he just give him a little sizzle before his next shift. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> That'll get him going. Seriously, uh, though, get like get him out on the farm to use chores or something. I don't know. Like, I, I, in the last few games, I've been like watching him. Like, it's a good exercise. He's awful. If you're watching games, just, like, pick one player or, like, two players and, like, track. It's easier when you're at the game. But, like, if you just watch Monaghan, like, I just – he's always out of position. He's always way too slow. He's never – like, it's just – I don't know. He's he's like a pile of – he may as well be the Scotiabank skater. And tonight, the Scotiabank Stater, we got a big boy, Sean Monahan, standing at the blue line. Hey. He's waving the flag with his mismatched socks. Why is it that every time he shoots, it's right into the grass? Yeah, he can't shoot at all anymore. Can't shoot, can't skate. I don't know, man. Um, I mean, the start of the season, you, you see it. Literally nothing's changed. He's gotten eight fucking goals. How do you have eight goals when you played 40 plus games on PP one and you're a goal scorer and look at your track record. I don't understand it. So at what point do you throw in the towel with this guy? Um, I guess, look, I'll trust Daryl to the bitter end, but what role are you going to count this guy for? Because he's he's definitely not anchoring your your third line right now, that center position. He's not doing anything. Is he? What's he doing? And I mean, again, like as much as we shit on Monahan, like I know Daryl has said similar things about Backlund too, who kind of seems to be reverting back to uh, old Michael Backlund. Both those guys only have eight goals this year, and I mean, Backlund at least has been doing other things. Um, I don't know. and he's that, been he's been bad, but they are what twelve and two in their last fourteen games or whatever. So true, but that's what happens. You're always focusing on your weakest links, yeah. always, even when you're probably Tampa Bay, right? Like if you're a fan of Tampa Bay, you're the best team in the league, and you have been for the last five years, and you lose a game, you think you're just like, holy fuck. That play by Sean Monahan last night really cost <laughs> us that game, right? It's just like yeah. fucking Michael Backlund in overtime. What, like, what are you doing? I mean, we've said this on this podcast. Haven't we said this that they should never let Backlund out in three on three? What are you doing? You carry the puck down. You have possession of the puck. You, your only play is wait 
to get collapsed onto and then just kind of give it right back to their team. Like, what the fuck? And then Rasmus Anderson, obviously. They don't put more than one dumb person on the ice <laughs> at once for three on three. Otherwise, you will get burnt. Just a matter of time. They've been burnt like that in three on three at least three times at home this year, for sure. Those stupid turnovers where they get caught on an odd man rush on the way back in overtime. I just don't understand. Like, dude, it's three on three, Michael Backlund. Do not dump the puck in. Do not. Why Why would you dump the puck in on a three on three? And I get it. It wasn't like a, your standard dump in. But don't, don't dump. Do not dump. Terrible just, play. You're just giving possession away. You barely had possession because you fucking you lost the first face off. So you get Johnny and Kachuk trying to get it back, and now you got a wasted shift. Yeah, terrible, terrible. A lot of terrible decisions in that game, but and, probably tops the list. No, I guess it wasn't Chuck. It was Johnny and Lindholm. Kachuk, we didn't even see Kachuk. No. Yeah, they asked Daryl about the uh, about the three on three pairings, and well. Fuck nuts asked him. He's like, why is Michael Backlund on the ice? And I kind of agree with Eric Francis. I'm like, yeah, why is Michael Backlund on the ice? Daryl said it's because of face-off, but okay. I think he did win his face-off. Oh, yeah, that's right. But Yeah, but then you fuck it up, dude. One one fuck-up doesn't equal a... Yeah, you you win the face-off, and then 20 seconds later, you give it to their team and give them a two-on-one. And then yeah. fucking Ben Sherratt looks like a fucking. Hey, no wonder Brad Living's in on this guy, dude. I was surprised Brad didn't trade for him like that that last night. Like I'm right? surprised he's not on the team right now, dude. Fuck at this point, trade Monahan for Ben Sherratt straight up. Trade Monahan for anything straight up. How much does Ben Sherratt make? I'm gonna look it up right now. My last hanging on or my last vestige of hope for Sean Monahan is. I don't know. If you're Brad, you kind of have to roll the dice and just see what happens in the playoffs, Yeah, what else right? what else do you do? You can't trade him. You have a perennial fucking 30 goal scorer on your roster. You're not going to keep him for a playoff run. You just hope to God that he is But how? How do you get him going? Oh, I don't know. Like I literally don't know. Put him on the wing. Try it. Yeah, I I don't understand why that's never been tried. Like put him with Rosicka and um and Dubé or, or something. Something has to give here because you're either moving him down or he's going to continue to sink that line. Well, you know that Daryl knows it's a problem. Oh, yeah. he to- he's Yeah, he's talked about it many times this year. Like, Monaghan has been on the third line for how many games now? 30? 30-plus? Yeah. Like, that's – he's not – he's not – He's not he's, moving up. No, he's not moving up. He's already off PP1 now because he can't do anything on there either. Yeah. Yeah, that lasted. He gave him like a one period grace period on that one. So I don't know what you do. I mean, it to fully comes in, you have Dubey on that line. You're like, okay, maybe this is this is the secret sauce. But to fully is the only one on line three that does anything. Yeah, like even remotely close to anything. And I mean, the thing is, like, you know what you're going to get out of Lucic. He's going to hit some guys, he's going to play in straight lines. If he gets a chance, maybe he can score five hole, but he's not going to do much more than that. So, um, both those guys, they need to be split up. And you need somebody with some speed and somebody who can generate some scoring chances on that line. 
Speaking of speed, what did you think of Tyler Pitlick last night? You mean Rem Pitlick, his brother? Oh, that wasn't Tyler? <laughs> yeah. That wasn't even the Pitlick we, we traded? No, that's the <laughs> other Pitlick. I think where, it's his brother, isn't it? Where was he? He's hurt still. Oh. But yeah, no, I kept seeing Pitlick. I was like, holy fuck, does he look good? I was like, why is he so small? And they kept saying Rem. And I think, I don't know if it's his brother, but it's a, it's it's not Tyler. It's Rem. Fuck, is he fast, though? Well, he was, he had some good scoring chances. Like, he was decent hockey player. Dude, I see people still like shitting on. I liked Pitlick for a few games. It wasn't bad. He was fine. He worked hard. He's got a nice face. He looks like he's 12. Never, never did much, but whatever. Did more than Brett Ritchie. Well, everybody does more than Brett Ritchie. You and I would do more than Brett Ritchie. Pretty low low bar. He did club or some guys. So let's okay, let's wrap up the Vancouver thing and move on. We'll talk about Minnesota. Monty Pony gets the only goal. His what was that? His 27th because he's up to 29 now. All this guy does is just score goals. (laughs) Eh? Loved it that he broke the shutout. Um just the, the, the let's close up on the Vancouver thing. How did you take the loss as a whole? I How, took it pretty well. You're bound to lose. It's like you're, you're bound to lose games. It was such a stupid game. That was a game where I was mad. Usually I'm when the flames lose, I'm mad at the flames. That was a game where I was just mad at the circumstances. And I mean, look, the D the D was pretty gross that whole game. I think Daryl said they were shitty too. Hannah or Rasmus Anderson kind of looked like uh, last year, Rasmus Anderson and Shillington's kind of been all over the place a lot lately. Um, but that's a game. That, sure. I don't care. Move on. Frustrating. I turned it off after the second period because I was just too stupid to watch. So, well, you got to love the response and I don't know. I think this team continues to impress me. Well, Pretty much on a on a nightly basis for the most part, um, but what a response! You absolutely demolish yeah. Minnesota on home ice. And I know Daryl said, like Daryl said, he said um, something like, "What's there to bounce back from?" Um, and I agree with him. But in the context of being a fan, and last year, if like we know how this goes, you get shellacked, and then you play a really good team. The old flames would have fucking stunk. The new flames were fucking great. So I know Daryl says you lose games, you win games, whatever. There's no nothing to bounce back from. From a fan's perspective, there definitely was. Well, if you've been watching this team for the past however long that we have, there has never been fucking bounce back on a consistent basis. Like you're consistently in games. Right in game, you're seeing it. This team bounces back after they get scored on. Um, even last night when Montreal scored late, I really had a feeling they were probably going to tie it back up. They had two minutes over two minutes. How deadly was that? How deadly is a line of holy fuck, dude? Kachuk, Lindholm, Johnny Gaudreau, and Tyler Toffoli. Almost Rasmus, unstoppable. Rasmus Anderson, I would like to see a bit. Of, imagine we had a bit of an upgrade on there. Imagine if we had a highly – imagine if we had Gustafson back. 
Maybe they should get Gus back just to fix the power play. Because Rasmus Anderson, sorry, he's just not doing it for me offensively, bro. On the power play, I, or even Geo back there, right? I'm blasting it. <laughs> At least he scored fucking goals. How many goals does Rass have? One still? Yeah, I think he's still stuck on one. Still stuck on that old one, eh? He needs less open nets, eh? I guess. I can't even remember the goal he scored, to be honest. But um. Anyways, do you want to do game stats for that Minnesota game? Because we fucking dominated. Sure. I mean, and dude, like, you said this a billion times. Like, there's nothing better. This was what yeah. I was most impressed with yeah. in that game. Minnesota's fucking good. Minnesota's yeah. fucking big. Minnesota's like a big, bad hard team to play against and i don't say that in like the dumb sense it's like those guys are monsters over there and the flames fucking destroyed them like and i don't even just mean destroyed them they destroyed their spirit and they destroyed their bodies like it was just that was i think my favorite game this year to watch i thought the flames tailed off a little bit but i mean that first period was incredible yeah, when I, I think that was the best period of the entire season. That was one hell of a period. Minnesota, they look. It's it's a decent goal. It's kind of lucky though. They go up, they score early, and that's a, re- a reason why it's so good. Is like they fucking didn't. Not only did they not fold, they stepped on the gas. Exactly, and it was it's interesting because after that goal, this is a minute and thirty six seconds into the game. Minnesota had sweat had some swagger, eh? Like they, they were feeling confident that they, mm-hmm. they were going to fucking win this. And then they got absolutely bitch slapped to fully ties it up. Chuck, give the go ahead. Holy fuck, player. dude. Oh. So much goodness in this game. And like, this is the game that I think cement for all of us is how much we love Gabranson and Zadorov. Yeah. Gabranson scores a third goal with that slapper. That oh. shift was amazing, eh? Great rush by Johnny. And the, yeah, the great rush by Johnny fires it over to Kachuk. Kachuk fires it back over to Zadorov. Zadorov fires it back over to Branson. Just fucking, oh. Yeah. And I mean, I, I thought a lot of players had a really good game. Obviously, the top six was really good in that game, but Branson was an absolute, he was a beast out there. I. I'm falling in love with him, Enzidoro, dude. More and more. I mean, it's going to be really cool to see what happens in the power when the sorry the playoffs with these two. Yeah, that's all I was thinking. I can't wait to watch them play in the playoffs. Is like I think last night the Montreal game. They legitimately, legitimately, I think we're a bit tired. Oh, yeah, totally. You play two games like this back-to-back pretty much against Minnesota, big, huge team where you play big boy hockey. Yeah. You've been playing – and look, you've been playing playoff hockey all fucking season long. Montreal had more jump than we did. Yeah. Uh, They've been playing playoff hockey for a week. (laughs) So they're going to get some extra juice because they got their own fans in the building. And um, they're starting to like they look decent if they play like that. They look for, fast and for the yeah, rest they of the rolling. season. Suzuki Suzuki is fucking dangerous as fuck, man. Um, and they got some good goaltending finally. Like they're gonna give some teams, um, 
some struggle here. To fit. They're going to be the spoiler here, I think, in a few situations. They're fun to that. watch, and they've the, they gave the Flames fits trying to break out of their own zone last night. So Marty St. Louis is going to turn them around a little bit, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, their season's absolutely fucked. But, but I mean, as it, yeah, oh, totally. I mean, as impressive as the 7-3 shellacking was, even though Minnesota Minnesota came to play the next game. Oh, yeah. And I think I was more impressed, even though the Flames, they didn't get dominated, but they definitely got outplayed. But I was even more impressed with them being able to, like, survive that than yeah. I was the domination against. Because that's what the playoffs are going to be like, right? Like, you go, that that felt like a game one. You stole a game on, on, on a better team's home ice, on a team who played better than you, and you, like, steal a game in their home barn. That was fantastic because they were, Minnesota was flying in that game. And the Flames were just like nothing. They couldn't, they weren't broken in that game. And again, another, like that first period, was that not one of the best? Of, I mean, the first period in the 7-3 in the game was great, but that first period against Minnesota yeah. in Minnesota was like intense and heavy and holy fuck. That, the, the intensity of that was ratcheted to 100. That felt like a playoff game. Man, we've seen this team just play some really good hockey this season. Like you, you've that to me was like, hey, if you're on the road against a really good team, you can win on the road in the playoffs, especially with how well Markstrom played. Fuck, they were good. They weren't even good, but it was like I was so impressed with their ability to deal with a really good team on home ice. Is there any part of you that's concerned with having to play? playoff level hockey all season long because like if you're comparing us to let's say colorado they play high tempo with an insane amount of skill every night but they're they they're insanely skilled but they do work their bag off too i mean you can't you can't rely just on your skill i mean you look at the work ethic of rantanen and mckinnon and that 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 trickles down the lineup right but because i remember we had theo on and he talked about back in the day when it was a different Sutter. And I think, <laughs> I think the Sutters are completely different, but he, at the, you know, his point was Sutters are hard to play for um, just because they, they're nonstop intense. And they, I think he said by the game 82, you're like, fuck, you don't even like hockey anymore, but everybody's wired differently. And I think the biggest difference here is that when you are, when you have success, when you're winning, it's hell of a lot easier to buy in and, and show up every night than it is when you're playing for a Sutter and your fucking team stinks, right? Like one of the worst teams in the league. But I'm curious question, and I think I know my answer, but I want to hear yours is, are you at all concerned that are we going to be burnt out by the time playoffs starts or are we just going to be that more seasoned or somewhere yeah. in between? I think because we've seen the opposite happen where they just kind of like strolled their way through the end of the 2018, 2019 season. And then the playoffs came and they got like, was hitting a brick wall and they sucked ass and got killed. So um, I think that's, this is going to be actually good for them. Um, The other reason is like Daryl was talking this week about, you always have to play above the line. Yeah you can't be up and down and up and down. And it's this, there's no more time that is true than in the playoffs. It's like every night you have to be ready to go. And he was talking, another thing he said, it was like the players needed to change this year. 
the like not the personnel, but the players, they needed to change. So we've seen the Flames not play playoff hockey down the stretch and get shit canned in the playoffs. Yeah. So <laughs> my simple math says if we see the opposite, perhaps we'll see the opposite. The only guy that I may be concerned about getting worn out because the top line doesn't really play a super heavy brand of hockey. They forecheck a lot, but they're not. They're not out well, there crashing and banging like Jerome McGinley was back in the day. And it's not like they're playing Connor McDavid minutes every fucking yeah. night. They're the Flames are rolling four lines pretty on pretty much every single night. So I'm not too worried about it. Like maybe you're kind of worried Markstrom's getting burnt out. I think that would be my only concern. But I think I'm on the exact opposite where it's like the more fucking heat these guys have to play good every night, the better. Yeah. That's that's where I lean to. I mean, if you're looking at A, I trust Daryl Sutter. He's been through the process. And if you're looking at this, this different situations, I mean, I just look at like last night. You find a way, you come back, you force overtime. If, if it's a five on five overtime, you probably win, but yeah. it's three on three and fucking Backland decides to give it to their team. So, you know, yeah, that's an issue. But you look at the Dallas, the Dallas game. I still think that's that's one of the most impressive games for me that stands out because they they worked through a threshold that we haven't seen this team be able to, to push through in the last three seasons. Um, where they come back, they kickstart a 10-game winning streak. You look at the Minnesota games, um, you're like you said, you're beating teams while beating them physically, beating them down. You're starting to you starting to get a taste and a feel as players for what playoff hockey is like. You're starting to, to get those challenges in season. Like you said on the last podcast, everything they do right now is practice for the playoffs. It's getting them seasoned. It's getting them tuned, right? There's a, there's a purpose and an intention behind everything that Daryl is instilling into these guys. And I, and I, I, that's the side I'm coming from is just like, Maybe in five seasons it wears down because I can't remember who we had on, but they said every coach, I think it was Kent, right? Yeah, it was Kent. Kent says every, every coach has a shelf life, right? But we're, we're, we're not at that, at that stage. I think these guys were so hungry and thirsty as a group for a coach that would push them, right? To hold them accountable and not just talk about accountability actually hold them accountability accountable um dubay seems to be struggling with that i don't know what's going on with him maybe he's got personal stuff but it seems like it's between the years is where the issue is but as a whole you're starting to see this team gel i mean the other thing is like what's the alternative if you want playoff success you just get hot right at the last moment exactly right and that is kind of like rolling the dice um, if you're asking me, I mean, hey, we were, yeah, Colorado got hot and yeah, we were a victim up. of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's definitely a thing. But if we were playoff seasoned, you know, by playing playoff hockey all season long under a better coach, would we, would Colorado he'd beat us so easily? Yeah. Maybe, no. maybe they wouldn't have beat us at all. So I'm I'm kind of on the, on the same fence as you. Maybe if you're looking at a three to five year stretch, maybe it starts to wear down on the, on the same core. But maybe that's a case where you just keep bringing in new guys, right? And they just keep re-energizing everybody. 
So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But yeah, I would I would much rather see them because I think they are. They're getting the playoff experience now. All right, sorry for the interruption, folks. Just got to get an award from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. So for NBA fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or you live in Canada, you can still get a big payday with huge cash prizes from DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN as in the Hockey Podcast Network and bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. Promo code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus only minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. There's a minimum $5 deposit. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you live in Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. If you're in Connecticut, call 888 quadruple seven or visit ccpg.org slash chat in new york call 8778 hope ny even though it's not actually playoff experience because i think i mean daryl even said or maybe it was the players said this they treated the minnesota home and home as a mini playoff series that was that was how they went into those two games and they fucking won the won the won that little mini series hands down well, and you know he's setting goals for the team within with within the what's a goal s- season, right? Goals. Um, so I think the next goal for this team is probably 100 points because that's what he keeps saying is is the marker to make the playoffs. So that's probably what they're aiming for right now. Yeah, gotta get to 100 points. And he's emphasizing it's a race. It's a race to 100. Yeah. Right. Keep your foot on the fucking gas until you 100. Then we'll deal with we'll deal with shit. That's when Markstrom's gonna get fucking some rest. Yeah. Exactly. And look, until and maybe last night you say, okay, well, that's evidence that Markstrom should be playing a little bit less. Um, but I agree with that take. It's like, okay, get shit settled and then then he can rest. Okay, give us the game stats for the second minigame. Because you said we, we got outplayed out five, but we held it together. I think the special teams won us that game, right? Yeah. Two- wow. Well, you score on the power play twice. And dude, how good is the PK been? I mean, oh my God. last night you take way too many penalties again, so they got to cool that. But the penalty kill has been so good against a pretty good menace. Like, did Capri, Caprizov's a really good player. Oh, wow. And he made he some good. really good plays. But He's the good. Flames kept him in check, like, pretty much all night. So Minnesota had the puck all night, 48 shot attempts to Calgary's 38, 25 scoring chances to Calgary's 16, 10 high danger chances to Calgary's two at five on five. So you... You hold it together, you win the special teams battle, and Marshall plays really good. And, like, dude, that's called stealing a game. And that's yeah. what you have to do in the playoffs. What was um, your take on the – we forgot to mention this because it was the home game against Minnesota where Shillington goes down. Holy fuck, I forgot about that. That was we- – That was not only is that weird, but it was – it was pretty worrisome, man, at the time. It scared the shit out of me. I don't know if you remember this, but um, – 
in like 2010, maybe Damon Lankow got a slap shot right to his neck. Yeah, I remember that. You remember that? It was fucking yeah. gross. Pretty much ended his career. Who took but that shot? I think it was Ian White. Oh yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I don't Probably know why. I, know, I don't know why I know that off the top of my head. Um, so he must have not been knocked out. I thought for sure he. Was I thought he was out cold. Yeah. But I mean, you're looking at the replay, and yeah, it's kind of like neck shoulder area that took the brunt of it. So I'm guessing that. Because this has happened, if you if you injure yourself, right? It's kind of like when you cut yourself with a with a knife. When do you look at your finger right away? Or you yeah, fucking well, wait? Bleh. You won't. You gotta wait five minutes. I don't fucking look at that shit. You hammer your your thumb. I you pass out thumb. on my face. Yeah, you your thumb. You're not gonna look at it. You fucking squeeze that shit and you wait five minutes to look at it. So there's been times I, I think playing sports and whatnot when you when you go down hard. And you're just like, I'm this not moving. Yeah. I'm not moving until I get a sense of where I'm at. I think until I, mean, I know my leg, like my femur isn't sticking out of my skin. Yeah. And there's no way. Have you had like, there's no way he didn't get a burner from that dude. Like if you oh, had a dude. burner before, if you're listening and you've had a burner, you know what you're talking about, what we're talking about. But if you haven't, it's when you like your neck pinches and your whole fucking arm and neck go numb for like 30 seconds. So he must have just been like, I don't think he got knocked out. Because if he got knocked out, there's no way he's playing next game. Yeah. Like, I don't, so he, there's, I don't think there was a concussion unless there was a mild one. He probably had he, to go into the protocol just because. Well, yeah. It looked like he was knocked it, out for 30 yeah. seconds. Um, so, I but I, I think when he was laying there, he must have been fully conscious. Conscious. That was funny. That was, that was interesting. I mean, the, the little lion brawl ensues. How come whenever there's a guy? Oh, Jesus. Why is it? Whenever there's a guy unconscious on the ice, a lion brawl ensues and Bunch everybody's like, idiots. just skates around his face and neck while he's lying unconscious. Bunch of dopes. Hey, like, without fail. Like, every single time. So that was pretty cool. Markstrom goes in there. Hey, he's just like. He's like, hey, Act- dummies, get out of here. He's acting as a barrier. I thought that was cool. But, hey, man, he comes back the next night. But, fuck, do you look kind of bad last night, eh? Yeah, he was. And he's been bad for a few games, I think. He's been. I know we kind of been making fun of it, saying he looks like he's on drugs or some shit. But he kind of has been. He's just, like, all over the place. He needs to reel, he needs to reel himself in a little bit. Like, you know, when PK Subban skates around, he just there's like a speech, just like, what are you doing, dude? Like, chill for five seconds. Yeah. Like, Shillington just needs to like relax. Just chill, bro. You're a good skater. Yeah. You don't have to overskate. You don't have to fucking fly around the ice at 100 miles an hour every time and stick handle the puck 450 times every time you touch it. Just like relax a bit. All right. Montreal last night. I don't know. I'm looking at this as a four game. You know, you're like we said, you're not going to win every fucking game. And I, this, I get it. I get it. The other side of the argument is, okay, they're last place team, but they're not playing like a last place team. Now Um, they got the new coach Juju. They're like six and four in the last 10. They're playing a good little stretch here. Suzuki's going now because he, he he had a rough start to the season. Um, They're ready to play. They got their own fans in the building. You know, it's like, they're they're ready because we're a top team in the league. Everybody's ready for just play top teams in the league. Marty right? St. Louis wants to beat the Flames now more than ever. I'm surprised Daryl didn't want to fucking just beat him down, eh? Right? Just kill him. 
strings. Go over and strangle them. <laughs> but what's your take as a whole on the Montreal game with all things considering? I think, like you said, they're tired. Like they were sloppy as shit. They couldn't even make a pass last night. So, what I th- what, yeah, what I thought was interesting is the first five minutes, they were just feeling them out. They weren't trying to do anything. Yeah, not much was happening. Yeah. So you had a few good stretches, but again, like you just played min- like those Minnesota games are hard games. So he throws some travel in there. So I didn't like the game. Like definitely it was like fucked, but the fact that you managed to get a point, you can't be any less than like, yeah, that was okay. Like, I mean, remember Arizona beat Colorado this year and it's just the way it goes in the NHL sometimes. So you stop taking so many fucking penalties. You stop turning oh. the pu- you stop turning the puck over so much. You get somebody in the bottom six who can score some goals and you shove a cattle prod up Sean Monahan's ass and you move on to the next one. Two five on threes. Oh, just brutal. Fuck. Yeah. All right. Um, ESPN has us ranked in the power rankings. What was it? Fourth or something like that? Fourth. Yeah. Or yeah, something like that. I mean, your take as a whole, like I guess we can wrap this up here. Yeah. But um, you got Colorado coming up next, uh, followed by Edmonton and Washington and Tampa Bay, and then you got Detroit. Oh. Who Detroit? Who is is playing good hockey? Colorado again. This next uh, stretch of five game or next next stretch of. Six two, games, two weeks, six games in eight nights, or is it nine? You're playing a lot of hockey. You're coming You're playing up. pretty much every other night. But I'm very curious to see what happens against Colorado. No, and we're always going to be interested. What's the last time we played Colorado? It must 19, be 2019, probably. Two, yeah. So well, no, 20. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. So probably like still fresh off. The, the playoff thing. So like, I'm always interested to see them play the avalanche because I'm not forgetting that fucking playoff series anytime soon. Um, <clears throat> so I think this is a perfect playing Colorado is the perfect opportunity coming off a game last night that, you know, even though we're maybe not as mad about it, you know, Daryl's fucking pissed about how they played and their shenanigans last night. So this is a perfect chance for him to straighten them out against a really good team the best team in the world. So team, I, yeah. Best team in the league. You go from worst to best, but they're you're in Colorado. Even was, better, even better. What a, yeah. What an even better place. All right. It's going to be interesting. See what happens. <laughs>